Welcome to The Movement with your host, Shannon D. Hughes. In your life, do you celebrate the downfalls along with the peaks? You should. These define you as the person you are and help you learn your way to personal success. Now, here is the host of The Movement, Shannon D. Hughes. The movement is about sharing histories to set up a bright future for everyone. The ups and downs, the pitfalls, the victories, and what is to come. Our stories connect the human spirit. And today, Wednesday, March 27, 2019, there are 280 days left. If you have not made any movements at this point, you will after this show. I am your host, Shannon D. Hughes, and you are now part of the movement. The movement can be heard every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern here on Voice America and the Influencers Channel. Live every Wednesday, our toll-free number if you have any questions for my wonderful guest, 866-472-5795. That is 866-472-5795. International, we never forget about you, 001-480-398-1405. That's 001 480 398-1405. If you don't want to speak, you just want to drop a line into the show. Shannon at Shannon D. Hughes-TheMovement.com. That's Shannon at Shannon D. Hughes-TheMovement.com. My show is about positivity. Uh, there's too much negativity in the world, and today's topic is has some negative connotation to it, but we want to shed a little light on the matter, especially about fatherhood. This gentleman I'm bringing on, I got to meet last year in Orlando, a really good guy. I got to meet him, and he is a really sharp individual. He is a native of North Myrtle Beach. Uh, He is married with four children. He attended Clemson University, but graduated from Coastal Carolina University with a BA in interdisciplinary studies. He is a CEO of a Father's Place, which is a nonprofit father engagement initiative with five offices serving four counties in South Carolina. He began his work as, work as a case manager when the program initiated in 2000 and became executive director in 2004. Under his leadership, the organization has experienced tremendous growth in staff income and impact, received numerous awards. We are going to delve into why this was set up, and we're going to talk about fatherhood and the importance of fathers in people's lives because he is a father for himself. I'm glad to bring on my friend, Wallace Evans Jr. Welcome to the movement. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's so good to talk to you, my friend. So I was just letting everybody know we met last year and we hit it off pretty well and heard heard what you were doing. I said, I have got to get you on the show. I'm sorry it took me into 2019 to get you on the show, but I said better late than never. So I would love to get into it with you this afternoon. So, Mr. Evans Jr., I would yes, like sir. to start back when you were Mr. Little Wallace Evans Jr. I want you to tell everybody, you know, where you grew up, what your childhood was like, and please please uh, share, share that info with us. I got you. Uh, well, I mean, you know, I was truly blessed to have uh, both of my parents uh, in the home with me. So my father was, uh, you know, present, and, you know, obviously I'm his namesake. So, uh, you know, I grew up here in um, uh, what's considered Ori County. Myrtle Beach is probably what's most well-known uh, of South Carolina. Uh, Middle-class upbringing, you know, great, 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 great home, great family. Um, one of the things that, uh, you know, really kind of led me into this work is uh, the fact that fathers are so important and, 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 and that they provide such a huge uh, and make a, such a huge mark on the lives of children. And my father was present. And at the same time, he was a pastor, and he was also sort of emotionally 
absent a lot, and, and, and we're great friends now, and we, we, we've talked and worked through all of that, but, you know, I, I myself, even with having my father in the home, still had the experience, you know, some degree of, uh, of father absence, because he was, he was, you know, he, he was bivocational, so he was working, and then he had uh, ministry obligations, and so that really, um, you know, created a huge disconnect, and, um, you know, I, I, from, from that standpoint, understood the, the, the pain of not having dad there, uh, as much as you want him and and need uh, uh, him to be present, so you know I had a, had a great upbringing. Uh, at the same time, I did 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 have that issue of my father just consistently being sort of on the go and on the move, and uh, at some point feeling sort of relegated to um, second place. You know, it's interesting because I've had a couple of people on the show, Wallace, that are, you know, PKs, pastors, kids, as they say. Mm-hmm. And and it's it and they, they kind of spoke to the same narrative to where, you know, your mother or father, whoever is the one that's the pastor leading, you know, doing God's word and doing God's work. And they're they're kind of there for the flock, all the other God's children. But, you know, sometimes the children at home can kind of suffer you know that, exactly. that 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 neglect, as you were saying, it's not that he's doing; they're doing it intentionally. It's just when you when your calling is calling you and you're doing that, sometimes there are gaps, you know, <laughs> in relationships. So let me ask you a question: Now, did you have you have brothers and sisters? I have one younger sister. Uh, okay, so just the two of us. Okay, what was now? Do you happen to know? I don't know if you want to speak. You can't speak for her. Did she kind of feel the same way, or was it not as big a deal for her as it was for you? Do you know what that was like for your sister? You know what? That's an interesting question. We've actually never had that conversation. Mm, um, wow. You know that, that that that's a great question for me to 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 delve into. I don't I don't know the answer to that question. Quite honestly, um, okay. yeah, I don't know. Okay, I got I, you. I, okay. I really don't. That, that you know, that's that, well, I, well. I don't fully know. I, I suspect I that um, she did have some of the same uh, concerns. She was about you know four years younger than I am, mm-hmm. and um, you know, uh, speaking of just sort of the childhood, I was kind of. I don't want to say I was aloof, but I wasn't as, in, as involved in in, mm-hmm. in 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 understanding what what she would might have been going through, uh, you know, or others. Um, so I, and that's actually a great question for me to find out and do some do some research. I got you. Eight six six four seven two five seven nine five is the toll free number for my guest Wallace Wallace Evans Jr. All right, so let's let's talk a little bit more about your childhood. We're gonna bring it forward. So, mm-hmm. um, you briefly touched on it. So, talk about some of the things. So, like, if there were, I don't know if you played sports when you were a kid and things of that nature. Was that where some dad was not there? He was kind of doing the work that he had to do. Was there? And did any of your? And again, I'm not assuming anything. I'm just asking the question. Mm-hmm. Did did that affect your performance in school in any way? Was it was it was this just part of the thing to do because you just knew, yeah, dad's probably not going to be here. I just have to kind of suck it up and just do what I got to do. Talk about, you know, your early education when your dad was doing his thing. Gotcha. Um, well, no, I've always been an, um, an excellent student, um, you know. Didn't play organized sports, played, you know, intramural and, and, and things of that nature. Um, I mean, he was, you know, I think where I really missed him the most is I can remember early on um, we would be in the yard playing catch and doing things along those lines, sort of one-on-one. You know, I don't re- really remember him missing any sort of, like, m- sort of major milestones, but it's just sort of that right. like one-on-one of just, just sort of hanging is, 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 okay. is, and, and just shooting the breeze is, is more of what I felt. 
um, um, you know, that 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 I missed, um, and you know, sort of as I got older, then you know. Just sort of, I don't want to say acting out, but just as I got into, especially when I left high school, going into college, this is an entirely new world, uh, and sort of, in some ways, rebelling against having been a little repressed, I guess, is, is probably yes. a way to, way, way to view it, um, okay. and just, you know, trying to find, you know, my way as a man. Gotcha, gotcha. So, being a preacher's kid, um, mm-hmm. and I've, I've grown up with quite a few, a lot of different opinions but a lot of the common theme is sometimes your friends around you don't know how to act around you like it's kind of like oh that's the pastor kid we can't do this or we can't say that and things of that nature was that a was that a thing for you or was that not a thing for you coming up as a kid for you and your sister well yeah that definitely was a thing um you know did it bother uh, you did it bother oh yeah i mean uh, certainly and, and and just the fact that you sort of labeled uh, well, there's an expectation of you as a uh, as a PK, uh, a certain code of conduct, uh, and so people are looking at you through a different lens and expecting certain things from you that uh, they might not expect from their own children or grandchildren uh, and such. And so there's this added degree of pressure. Uh, and then, of course, when your friends are around, you know, they, they're experiencing this, this pressure of how to conduct themselves. What should they say? What should they not say? You know, so th- there is that piece. But then just, just sort of um, going back into a little bit about the childhood, you know, mm-hmm. I was, you know, I would, pro- I would fit the definition of, 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 a, of a nerd growing up. And so okay. I did not have this, you know, this large uh, circle of friends and people mm-hmm. who, uh, I hung with. So, okay. you know, that's that's the other piece of that. I think perhaps some of the ministry had something to do with that, but, you know, I was, you know, sort of sort of isolated um, gotcha. uh, throughout, uh, you know, my childhood and even in, in, in the high school, you know, sort of that typical being alone in the crowd. Okay. Was your parents, was it, now again, and I'm just going by the experience of the ones that I grew up with and people that I've mm-hmm. known. Some some of the uh, kids that I grew up with that were preacher's kids, either some of them would say, oh, you're going to church on Sunday. There was no question, you know, especially at an early age. You're like, like, you have no choice. You're going to church with us. Was there ever a cutoff age? It's okay, you don't have to go with us, or you're going to stay in that word. Tell me what that was like coming up. How was <laughs> how was the discipline coming out? Yeah, oh, I think I hit a nerve here. Tell me what that was like. <laughs> Funny story, man. Um it was it was just as you just stated uh it was expected it was no way around it but when i was 17 uh on the way to um uh, my father's church i threatened to jump out of the car <laughs> and he actually was driving with one hand and one hand behind him holding you know to make sure not certain now i don't think i really was going to jump but it right. was serious enough that he took me serious enough and from that point after i no longer went to church Ah, really? Okay. Yeah, so from age so, 17, I, uh-huh. I was just out of church until about 27, man. Wow, okay. So, all right, let's 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 go there for a second. So, was there a conversation that ensued, or was it just, all right, I'm just going to let him do what he, he's going to do? What was that like? Wow, as I can recall, I mean, yeah, there was a conversation, but, you know, I, I, I was just adamant, you know, I don't want to go. You need to stop making me go. You made me go for seventeen years. There's enough mm-hmm. of this. Like uh, I'm old enough to make a decision. That's not my decision right now. Please leave me alone. 
<laughs> I got you. <laughs> I got you. Was he? Was he and mom? Were they disappointed? Upset? Did you know one way or another? All of the above. Um, but you know, obviously they 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 they, they understood to to that degree, and they they would they can um, they relented and consented, and um, you know. They started praying for their son. How about that? At the, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Wallace Savage Jr. is my guest here on the movement. I can recall uh, one of the ones that I that I grew up with, where they said, and I and it, there's been multiple ones, but one uh-huh. of them said that like not threatening to jump out of a car like you, my friend, which I give you credit for to threatening <laughs> to jump out. But uh, but one of them had said that they had kind of rebelled against mom and dad, and so. Mom and dad kind of got distant from them, so they would it would mm-hmm. be like they'd make little snide comments, or they would drop a biblical scripture to kind of guilt them right. into either coming back to church or whatever. Um, I don't know. Let me ask this question: Did you ever grow up with any other PKs that were in your situation had to deal with that? Uh, and and I'm sure you were pretty thankful that they weren't. You know, saying you're not our son anymore because you won't go to church anymore. I mean, what was that? Did you ever think that they might come back at you and say, "No, look, you're going." And so, I, I would love to know where your mind was at. That's, you're at 17 years old, so mm-hmm. getting ready to go to college in a little bit. Tell me what Wallace Evans Jr.'s mind was. You know, after you know they decided to let you do your thing, and where your head was at. Like, are they going to come back at me? Are they going to get me another way? Are they going to? What was that like for you, man? I, you know. As teens, we're always trying to exert, um, you know, our independence. Or, um, uh, so I was, you know, the one that I'm going to, you know, sort of not eat dinner with the family. You know, mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time as a black sheep uh, in my teens and 20s. So uh, right. it was, you know, a lot of it. I am just separating myself. I never got the feeling that they were going to sort of, quote, unquote, disown me or anything. Um, okay. And, they, you know, they didn't put a lot of pressure on me. I mean, they... I, I was literally adamant that this is this is uh, uh, I don't want to hear about that right now, uh, and so um, you know, so I never felt any any sort of animosity or you know lack of love and attention towards me or anything along those lines. Um, it's just that you know on Sundays uh, I was in bed. I hear that. Were you in still engaged in the word, or did you just disengage yourself from church, the word, all of that? Was it just I just want don't I just don't really want I'm not receptive to this right now. Did you just kind of I was disengaged all all yes, together. Sorry, so what Every, did you do? Everything you can name, I was disengaged. <laughs> yes, I, okay. I, 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 I hooked all the cords. Anything you could completely disengagement. Yes, I got you. I got you. And did your sister still go? Yes, she did. She did. She did. Okay, so that was not an issue for her, to your knowledge. No, not 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 at all. Okay, okay. And mom, did she ever say, hey, uh, Wallace, we're going to church. Are you coming this Sunday? Or she just just kind of let you be? No, I mean, there was, there was always that, you know, you know, the, the attempt, uh, but no sort of compulsion. You know, there was always inviting and, you know, things along those lines. Gotcha, gotcha. Wallace Evans, Jr., CEO of A Father's Place, is my guest here on The Movement. 866-472-5795 is our toll-free number. Wallace, we got about a minute to a minute and a mm-hmm. half before the break. Let me just ask you. So we're gonna, I want to talk about this part, then we're going to pause it, for, then I want to go a little forward. Um, so coming out of high school, um, was it just, you know, 
I don't know if you did sports or you did any extracurricular activities where you tell me what it was like coming out of high school. You know, was it, you know, was it just normal? Did you just go do your thing? Tell me some of the things you were doing. Oh, we coming out of high school, I went to um, Clemson. That's the uh, national championship. Uh, Clemson had to, Tigers. Had to, had to throw that uh, in there, huh? <laughs> <laughs> had to throw that in there. Uh, uh, so I went to Clemson on uh, academic scholarship. Oh, well, actually, okay. two academic scholarships, and um, you know, uh, that was that was it. I mean, I was always you know college focused, you know, uh, academics. I, you know, I wanted to be an excellent student, uh, and but then when I went to Clemson, I I, I kind of got off track, and we could, I guess we could talk about that on another side of the break. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, you know what? I'm going to lead into the break, so let's do that at this time. We are talking to Wallace Evans Jr., uh, CEO of a Father's Place, a nonprofit for organization. We're going to talk when we come back from the break we're actually going to talk about his college years and going into that early man years and then probably it's going to bring us back to when you decided to come back to church and then i want to get into fatherhood and a father's place i really want to delve into that especially as us being two african-american men i'm sure uh we you and i both have some opinions on that i really want to get deep into that conversation so let me get about the toll-free number again 866-472-5795 is a toll-free number international 001-480-398-1405 please feel free to email the show shannon at shannon d hughes dash the movement.com that's shannon at shannon d hughes dash the movement Com. Fatherhood is the subject today. We're going to get into it with my guest, Wallace Evans Jr. We'll be right back on, the, on this other side of the break here on The Movement right after this. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. If your life needs some structure and direction, you may need a life coach. Interested? Contact Shannon at sdhughesenterprises at gmail.com for a free 30-minute consultation. Trying to find a buyer for your home? Tired of paying fees and commissions? Need to get out of your home quickly with no fuss? Real market experts can help. Get a cash offer on your home today. Our nationwide network of investors will ensure you receive the best price for your home in Chicago and the Chicagoland area. Get started now. Call 1-800-SELL-NOW or 708-887-0795. You can also visit our website at realmarketexperts.com slash IL. Is your credit card processor for your business charging you high processing rates? Do you need an upgrade of your current credit card processing terminal and would like it for free? Let North American Bank Card lower those processing rates and qualify you for a free brand new credit card processing terminal. Call Shannon for a free statement analysis, 708-887-0795 or email Shannon at sdhughesenterprises at gmail.com. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are listening to The Movement. To reach the show today, please call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send an email or if you are looking to be a sponsor for The Movement, contact the show via email to shannon at shannondhughes-themovement.com. That's shannon at shannondhughes-themovement.com. We'd love to hear from you. 
472-5795 is the toll-free number with my guest, Wallace Evans Jr., CEO of A Father's Place. Again, the movement can be heard every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific here on Voice America and the Influencers Channel. All right, Mr. Evans Jr., so we talked about you being little Wallace and being Mr. Rebellious and getting ready to jump out of the car and all that good stuff. Thank God you didn't because you wouldn't be doing this interview. <laughs> all right, so now let's talk about that. In your introduction, I talked about how you went to Clemson and then you uh, graduated from Coastal Carolina. So I want to want you to talk about your college years. Talk about your studies and what your college life was like and all of that good stuff. I'm going to let you take the floor. Go right ahead. Gotcha. Um well, yeah, I went to um, you know Clemson uh, on academic scholarship, and uh, uh, you know I bounced around between majors. Um, you know, went in as a uh, computer science major. Uh, quickly found out, I, I you know was a great math student, but I quickly found out that this is not what I want to do for a living. Uh, after okay. I failed um, one of those introductory math. Um, classes, uh, so I, you know, I bounced between marketing and uh, finance and just a couple other majors uh, for a while, um, you know. And during that period of time, I, I, I considered myself, you know, an atheist. Um, agnostic probably would have been, uh, you know, better description. Um, okay. But you know, I would have said, you know, I said multiple times, you know, I was just an atheist at that point in time, and. Um, uh, you know, one of the things about you know just sort of the, the college experience. I mean, you 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 know you're 18, uh, completely new environment, first time really away from home, um, and so having grown up, uh, I don't want to say I was. I guess repressed is the word I've used. You know, you know before the break. Sort of repress, you know, sort of dealing with, you know, esteem issues in high school. You know, sort of being alone and uh, just not really. Uh, sort of having a good sense of 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 of, of purpose, um, uh, you know, led me to you know just sort of just trying to be wild and free and carefree. Um, so I, you know, had a had a had a group of friends, and so you know, drinking for the first time, uh, uh, you know, just just hanging out, uh, you know, having sex. Doing whatever I sort of wanted to do, um, and that's where I ended up in my sophomore year having, um, you know, my first child, um, and so that's what put me on this path to to ending mm-hmm. up with three children with two different women. So I've, you know, had that experience throughout my twenties, and obviously, uh, you know, still deal with some some portions of that, uh, mm-hmm. though, and removed from you know some of the drama of it, but you know that's that's where. You know, my life really began to take a, a different, diff, different course. Uh, is in my early twenties. Um, mm-hmm. Just really, you know, I, I, I was, um, uh, you know, I had my my MBA, my master's of being about nothing. Right, there um, you go. Uh, and you know, I was working on my my PhD. You know, my doctorate in uh, young and dumbology. Uh, so <laughs> I spent a lot of time in my in my twenties, just just not being very focused and not being very responsible. I got two degrees of being in that, in that degree. I hear you <laughs> on that one. Uh, let me ask you a question. So, and I and I kept bringing this back to um, your father, and I named the title of this episode, The Father Figure. So let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. When you were having, you know, your kids, so obviously you were not married at the time, out of wedlock, right. and you were drinking and all this stuff. Did mom and dad 
have a say? Was there a conversation? Was there ever any type of, you know, um, come to Jesus meeting, as they say? Was there any, did they, what was that like when you were having your first child and, 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 and dealing with your parents? And, you know, what, what, was there any type of communication, if at all, uh, when you were going through this uh, part, of your, uh, part of your life? Yeah, there were a lot of conversations. A lot of those come to Jesus meetings. Um, you know, a lot of conversations like, "What are you doing?" Um, you know, you know, disappointing your choices, those type things. Um, uh, yeah, man, it was it, it was it was really tough. Um, you know, being young, you know, had my first child at the age of twenty, um, mm-hmm. just had no comprehension, understanding what it meant to be a man, let alone a father, not right. married to the mother, you know, we're still in a relationship, but, you know, it's a 20, uh, you know, I'm a, I have a 20-year-old mindset, so um, right. um, you can picture what that's like. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, they were they were still in my corner, um, you know, I know that, uh, see, my mother I, was sort of the, 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 the one that was um, uh, sort of the mediator. Uh, and right. so I know that that created a huge strain on their marriage um, mm-hmm. because she was sort of intervening to, quote-unquote, protect me. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, my father was uh, not. How about that? Um, okay. And, and so I know that that put a serious strain on them because they've, they've talked about it and, and you know, uh, of being caught between, caught in the middle between, uh, um, you know, what my, my mess and my drama. I got you. I got you. Wallace Evans Jr. is my guest here on The Movement. All right, so let's talk about, come forward a little bit, because I want to get deeper into the fatherhood and get going, transition to the father's place. So you graduate college. I want you to Mm -hmm. tell me where you're at now. So you come out of college. How many kids do you have? Where are you at financially? Where are you at as far as job-wise? Talk to me. What was going on and what direction you were headed? Gotcha. Let's back up a step. I didn't okay. graduate from Clemson. Uh, I okay. left. Uh, I had, you know, my first child at the age of 20. I was a junior. Had my second child with the same woman at the age of uh, 21, at, uh, uh, as I said, as a junior at Clemson. So I left school. Uh, you know, I finally I dropped out um, at, at the birth of my um, son. Uh, so my, mm-hmm. my oldest was a daughter. Uh, then I uh, had a son. Um, same woman, as I said. Uh, and so I, I just came back home to um, the Myrtle Beach area. You know, this area, the biggest, uh, you know, industry is going to be hospitality. And literally, I was working two and three jobs. I was working, uh, though I had three years of college under my belt, you know, I was okay. fast food, um, scrubbing pots at, at, at a restaurant, retail. Mm-hmm. That, 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 was, that was my life. Right. Uh, again, sort of aimless and purposeless, purposeless. Right. Um, just, just out there. So that, 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 that's where I was, you know, around, you know, the age of 21, 22, 23, um, just working a lot of dead end jobs. Okay. Now you graduated from coastal Carolina. Tell me how, it, yes. how you got to that direction. Tell me, tell me how that, how, how that, how you got back into the college realm and going back and trying to kind of basically almost write the ship. I don't, I don't know if that's the right terminology I want to say, but when you say get that education, tell me mm-hmm. how you came back to that. Gotcha. I mean, that, that is a good way to phrase it. I mean, I, you know, spent a lot of years in, in, in my twenties high, 
Uh, and literally, there's a, a haze over several years that, that, that my memory, uh, you know, it eludes me. But during that process of sort of coming to myself, of of of, of saying that, you know, I need to do better, um, right? Uh, you know, so I was actually, uh, you know, I was self-employed for a period uh, during that during the, during that time, um, and was. Things were beginning to, to, to sort of turn around. Um, okay. And so I actually did not go back um, to, to finish up sort of my last year, year and a half thereabout uh, until I was well into, you know, the work that I'm doing now. You know, I started okay. off as a, a case manager, well, actually as an outreach um, coordinator, just going out and reaching out to other fathers. Uh, and in that process, I realized that if I'm really going to pursue this as a career, uh, I need to, um, you know, further my education, get my degree, uh, to, to to have sort of that foundation from which to build upon. And so it was just sort of that that that, that maturation process, uh, just evolving as a as, as a man um, in my twenties, and, and getting to that, that 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 place of saying, "Hey, we need to do things differently and better." Understood. All right. So let me follow up with this question, Wallace. So I always save to people or ask people on this show and it's happened to me was there can you isolate or was there a series of events or was it one or was it a series of events and I, and you kind of touched around a little bit I want to go a little deeper on it where was there an incident a conversation uh, something where that paradigm shift where it said like the light switch you know that aha moment like that kind of mm-hmm. all right enough like Wallace you got to do better all right we got to and I hear you talking about it was there one incident was there a conversation was there a series of events to what got you to drive toward what you needed to be doing was that can you take me into that yeah man I could take you into that I mean it was a series of events and it was quite honestly one of the most difficult periods of my life mm-hmm. um so I've got Three children uh, with two different women at this point in time. You know, I'm around 26 years old, um, and life is just just difficult, man. It just mm-hmm. just nothing working out the way uh, you know I want it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm obviously on child support. Uh, um, uh, you know, through the courts. Um, right. That's another story all to, all together. Uh, mm-hmm. Just. Just, it just, just was not working. You know, drama between. You know, I've got two mothers of children. Um, you know, juggling, still trying to have one foot sort of in, um, uh, quote unquote, the streets, and in, in, in sort mm-hmm. of doing my own thing, but at the same time trying to take a step forward. Um, you know, at, at this point in time, I was self-employed. I owned a little, um, uh, a little restaurant, um, um, and you know, part of the. the draw of this little restaurant is it was it was a it was a hangout spot basically a little pool hall and so i okay. happened to be around a lot of um you know drug dealers uh you know that's, that's why it actually kept me in business i fed them breakfast lunch dinner midnight snack brunch right. you know, I, that was sort of my clientele and so i was still mm-hmm. a part of kind of part of that world and i'm trying to you know move forward as a small business owner cuz we were, we were actually doing pretty, you know um very well um okay. and so it was just just that process is just life being difficult man it just it, it, i just i was trying to go forward but at the same time i was kind of going in reverse if that makes right. sense and i was mm-hmm. just stuck and it was just just the 
how that began to just compound in my life, and it, I was just just feeling the weight. And I remember going to church Easter, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I, this would be um, 1999, mm-hmm. right? So I graduated high school in '89, um, mm-hmm. and so I remember going to church in uh, Easter of uh, uh, 1999. That was probably the first time. In 10 years, there might have been one or two other times I've gone in between. That was the first time I went. And first time I I went because I wanted to go. Um, And I went, and it was at that point, um, not to get super spiritual, that I was beginning to be drawn. um, that, 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 That I felt God pulling me in a direction, and I needed to go in the direction because the direction I was in, the place I was in, was just stuck. Right. Right. And when you got that, let's call it the moment, Wallace. So when Mm -hmm. you got that moment, was it like, yes, I I think I finally got it. Was it I'm excited? Were you a little nervous? Was it tell me what that was like? And then just and you just said, all right, let me just put the pedal to the metal and go. What was when that when that light switch came on? How did you feel? Wow, man. Um, like I said, back in Easter '99, I began that process, you know, of of of, of, of going to. I was feeling better, but at the same time, there was this weight. But um, you know, my experience, October seventeenth, nineteen ninety nine, is when I surrendered my life to the Lord. The, the single greatest decision I've ever made, and mm-hmm. it transformed my life. So it was literally that day, like a weight came off of me. Right, mm. um, that like I'm just free now of okay. like drama, stupidity, just craziness. Um, I, I'm, 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 I don't have to get high anymore. I don't have to get drunk anymore. I'm done. Right, um, you know. So it, it, it just felt freedom for, 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 for me at that point in time. Wow. When, hey, when you become delivered, man, ain't nothing like it, is it? Wow, that, not that is all, awesome. Brother, not at all, brother. Not at all. I love it. 866-472-5795 is the toll-free number with the CEO of A Father's Place, Wallace Evers Jr. And I really appreciate your honesty and your transparency. We got about three minutes before the break. I'm with, we're going to touch on a little bit, and then we're going to hit it hard at, like, right at the tail end of the show. Um, if you can just give us a real quick nugget about what went like you kind of talked about a little bit, but just give us a real short hit about when you wanted to go in this direction of, um, you know, doing your, uh, you know, for doing the father's place and everything. What what went into that? What you know, what did Wallace see or was it just drawn off your own experiences? Was it other people's experiences with the fathers and everything that was going on? Tell, talk to me about that. And then we're going to get really get into it on the other side of the break. Gotcha. So, you know, like I said, I was self-employed. And so part of the, 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 the clientele who came through um, my little little restaurant, little pool hall, um, were a lot of men, a lot of fathers. And so I matured to a point where I could, could then begin to give some little nuggets, plant some little seeds. So I was trying to help other men navigate through the child support system, navigate through some of their drama. But what happened, um, there was a planning grant given um, um, to support fatherhood um, throughout different regions here in South Carolina. Uh, and happened so 
uh, uh, here in Conway, which is you know very near, um, uh, about about twenty miles from Myrtle Beach, um, is where my little sandwich shop was located. And so, uh, happened so one of the uh, uh, members of the community got that planning grant and was using my restaurant as a place to be- begin to have some little um, listing sessions with fathers. And so, I became a part of that process of uh, less. Let's write this full grant application. Let's let's see if we can bring some fatherhood services um, to our community. Uh, and so for me, it was uh, you know obviously a way to, in which to begin to give back. Um, and so being a part of that grant writing team was just about me giving my experience and trying to help shape um, the direction of the grant and the implementation of the grant. Would you say? And I think you're going to agree with this. Actually, would you say that you know your father? was the head of a ministry. Would you say that this was your ministry, the start of your ministry? Absolutely. Hands down. And I'm sure it's been very rewarding for you. So has your, let me ask you this, as we're leading into the break, we got about a minute and a half before we go into the break. Mm-hmm. Has your, and I don't know if you had this conversation, you starting this, how have your parents thought of this? Like, what was there, was there any reaction to this as you're starting this? What was their what was their reaction? Have they had any thoughts on it? Do you ever have a conversation with them about doing this? What was that like? Oh, yeah. I mean, as you can imagine, you know, my parents are, you know, very proud of me. They, you know, they're, they're elated, um, you know, first of all, that I came into the faith. Um, yes. Uh, you know, first and foremost, but then that I'm maturing and becoming a, because a, a, I was, you know, not as responsible as I need to be, even though I had a great father. Um, I was not as engaged in my children's lives as I needed and wanted to be. And, but then mm-hmm. beginning to see, yes, you need to be there. And th- them seeing me, you know, sort of that light bulb, um, you know, come on. Uh, you know, we've had tons of conversations. I mean, they're, 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 they're one of, you know, my, my biggest supporters. And, and they're always in my corner. I've always known that. Uh, and I know they will always be there. So, yeah, they, 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 they've always, you know, been just extremely proud and excited for um, um, this work. And they consistently refer men that they encounter and people to through our doors. That is awesome. We are up against the break. 866-472-5795, our father's place, uh, owner, CEO, Wallace Evans Jr. When we come back, we're going to get a little bit deeper before the end of the show, talk about a few things about fatherhood, especially in the black community. I would love to run past you, Wallace. So we will come back with the final segment of the movement with my guest, Wallace Evans Jr., right here on the movement right after this. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Trying to find a buyer for your home? Tired of paying fees and commissions? Need to get out of your home quickly with no fuss? Real market experts can help. Get a cash offer on your home today. Our nationwide network of investors will ensure you receive the best price for your home in Chicago and the Chicagoland area. Get started now. Call 1-800-SELL-NOW or 708-887-0795. You can also visit our website at realmarketexperts.com slash IL. Is your credit card processor for your business charging you high processing rates? Do you need an upgrade of your current credit card processing terminal and would like it for free? Let North American Bank Card lower those processing rates and qualify you for a free brand new credit card processing terminal. 
Call Shannon for a free statement analysis, 708-887-0795, or email Shannon at sdhughesenterprises at gmail.com. If your life needs some structure and direction, you may need a life coach. Interested? Contact Shannon at sdhughesenterprises at gmail.com for a free 30-minute consultation. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to The Movement. To reach the show today, please call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send an email or if you are looking to be a sponsor for The Movement, contact the show via email to shannon at shannondhughes-themovement.com. That's shannon at shannondhughes-themovement.com. We'd love to hear from you. Limiting beliefs are what holds a lot of people back from living their best life. On the next episode of The Movement with yours truly, speaker, author, coach, and president, advisory council, and executive director of the John Maxwell team, Annika Tunnerud, joins the show. She shares her beginning journey and how she helps others deal with their self-image, overcoming their limiting beliefs, and get clarity in their lives. Annika Tunnerud will be my guest next week, and she'll be in Luxembourg, Germany. So this will be my first international guest. She will be here on The Movement next week at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on Voice America's Influencers Channel. But we got, we are in the final segment of the show with this champ and this stud right here, Wallace Evans Jr., the CEO of A Father's Place here on The Movement. All right, Wallace, we got about 17 minutes left in this show, so let's just get real raw real quick. So now yeah. you have – you are now establishing A Father's Place and things of that nature. But before we even just get into that, you and I being African-American men – I have always been of the opinion that sometimes that the there is some less lack of fathers in African-American males life. I'm in Chicago. A lot of this violence, I think, systemically comes from some of that because there's not a strong male figure in the household. I am blessed to say that my father, Charles Hughes, it took two boys, two knucklehead boys, twins, Shannon and Terrence, and, and raised us and put his foot in our behind when we did wrong, but praise us and pat us on our back when we did right, just as our mother did. And mm-hmm. I think it helped shape me as the man that I am today. Uh, do I think there's a lot of absent, absent fathers in, in African-American uh, men's life? Yes. It is not the only culture. I mean, it is not the only culture, but it just seems as though it's very prominent in our community. Um, and it's a little disheartening. But at the same time, I think the ones that are out there hustling – don't get the credit that they deserve. So if they're not making six figures or whatever, they're not man enough. It's like this narrative has all changed with some of the stuff that is going on um, in, in in today's society. I am just curious of what your take is or your uh, perception is on just let's talk from the African-American male's pers- perspective about, about the, of the fathers. And then if you want to just open it up a little bit and just talk about fathers and just the impact that they have on the life, because the mothers get the credit and they should if they're there and mm-hmm. all that stuff. But sometimes I think fathers don't because you can look at commercials on television. You'll see the advertisement for Mother's Day, Mother's Day, Mother's Day, Mother's Day. But when the Father's Day come around, the advertisements are there, but they are not as strong as the mothers. Um, in my opinion, I, so I right. just wanted you to talk about it just a little bit from the African-American male's pr- perspective and then 
if you want to just open it up and just talk about fathers and their wants, and then we can get into a father's place right after that. Go right ahead. Gotcha. I mean, it's, you know, you gave a perfect segue in, in talking about sort of the advertisement. Um, Dr. Travis Dixon, who's with the um, uh, University of Illinois, uh, he had a study. Uh, he produced a report about a dangerous distortion of our families. Mm-hmm. And there's several findings and recommendations that he had in that report. Uh, and I could definitely, you know, email it to you if you want to put in the show notes or something along those lines. But one of the things he talked about was the misrepresenting and stereotyping of black fathers. Um, that so often, uh, you know, the media uh, don't have very positive images, sort of in general. About, about fathers, you know, sort of the typical fatherhood images, you know, Al Bundy and Homer Simpson, sort of buffoonish. Right. Mm-hmm. But then you drill it down another step when it comes to minority fathers. There are not very many, if any, um, positive uh, 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 images of, of fathers, or the vast majority uh, is quite negative, and, and, and that fathers are, don't care about their children, that they're irresponsible, that they're promiscuous, that they're abusive. There's all these sort of stereotypes uh, and myths about fathers. But what I found and what um, the CDC did a report back in 2013, is a little dated, but it's still great information, it found okay. that black fathers are more engaged than other ethnicities and, and other races, in whether they're in the home or out of the home, when it comes to eating with their children, dressing their children, uh, reading to their children. So this, there's this myth of the absent black father, uh, and but at the same time, we do understand that the absence of a, a, a strong male connected to children is creating uh, some adverse uh, effects within the community. And at the same time, there is, we, we are being misrepresented. Men genuinely care about their children. They want to be there. And there are a lot of barriers, both internal and external, um, and, 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 you know, especially the economics that really impact um, um, this entire uh, work of men being involved. Because a lot of our men are not dead beat. They're dead right. broke. And as a society, we, we, we've distilled the role of the man down to the size of his wallet. And so what happens is men, when they don't feel uh, good about their ability to provide financially and materially for their children, they're disengaged. The research shows that when a man feels good about his ability to provide financially, he's much more involved, you know, uh, you know nurturing and present and so forth. So what, what are the things we do in, in this work here? It helped men understand that they have a, a, a greater value than just the the the, 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 the finances that they provide for their children. They they, they 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 provide much more than just finance, and that that's part of helping not only the men but helping uh, our, our society value fathers and see the important role, and especially the important role that that that, that black men play in the lives of their children. And I hate to draw television as a source of information that even like you just quoted that article i would not have known that had you not brought that to my attention so i i appreciate you sharing that with us but you and i are only two years apart in age like the mm-hmm. only black fathers i saw on television was Heath cliff huxtable james yes, evans jr uncle phil yes, and if i'm missing somebody let me know they were <laughs> the main ones. they were the main ones that right. we saw and it was funny because with with and I know Bill Cosby, I know it's a uh, you know controversial thing, but I'm just doing it for the purpose of the show. He was more of the was more of the philosopher. He was the one to kind of think when he was dealing with mm-hmm. his children. 
James Evans was more of the heavy handed person. But at the same time, he put his arm around his children and said, I love you and I'm just doing it to protect you. Uncle Phil was kind of like Heathcliff. He was successful because he was a judge and a lawyer. But at the same time, he kind of had to deal with a, a, a knucklehead from Philly. He had to deal with the, the, the his rich kids at home. So he had that interesting dynamic. So I just find it interesting that out of the annals of television, again, I don't want to use television as where the information should be drawn from, but it, it just shows like no matter what image of the black man as the father figure we put up there, there's always kind of a, well, that that can't be true. and No, that can't be so. James was too tough. Or uh, no one's going to be a, a doctor and a lawyer can't be married. So that was the the, the, the clap back on the Cosby show. And and, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and Uncle Phil on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was kind of like, right, so we got one as a judge. So when are y'all going to get the right father up there? Well, look, my bottom line is this, and you can jump on this or not. If they're there and they're engaged, job is job well done. I mean, like you were saying, it's not so much about the check. Sometimes people just drop a check and then go somewhere else. I don't mean you mm-hmm. being a father or a mother. And I just think that a lot of times we, that stereotype from what the, the, the news shows, and, and sometimes we do it to ourselves. We put ourselves out there to where they're yeah. reporting exactly what they see. So um, that's why I applaud you in your father's place when you talked about that last year. So we got about six minutes for the end of the show. I don't want to leave this out. Talk about a father's place. Talk about what it does. And all the awards, please I, run with it. Please, please go ahead. I want to talk about that. <laughs> Sorry for talking so much, but that just got me going on that one. No, I mean, it's great, great stuff, man, because, I mean, you know, we, we, we have to, um, uh, you know, champion those who are, um, you know, underserved and underrepresented and misrepresented. And, you know, it's not just, you know, um, um, black fathers, but, you know, black families uh, and just poor people in general. Are misrepresented in the media and so forth, and so you know the work that we do here, uh, you know, at a father's place, uh, we're changing the label on, on, on fatherhood. We're we're helping, um, you know, men and the community understand how critically important uh, fatherhood is. You know, we're helping men understand their roles, their rights, and their responsibilities. Uh, you know, in a lot of ways, it's it's myself and uh, the staff that have sort of been there, done that. You know, reaching back and trying to help uh, other men avoid some of the mistakes uh, you know that we've made. Uh, you know, tr- get on the on the right path as quickly as you can. And, and, and with our young fathers, we're trying to help them um, to stay on the path. Um, uh, you know, and not get off at all. Uh, so you know, we provide this an array of supportive services, all geared towards um, helping men um, get and stay actively involved. So sort of our re- our vision is that. Uh, every child in our region will have a responsible father actively engaged in their lives. And and so I consider us a one-stop shop. You know, whatever a father might need when he walks in our doors, we're going to provide a comprehensive assessment, uh, and then we're going to come up with a unique, tailored uh, plan of action for each man, what we call a one-man plan. That's going to be a list of his goals and objectives that he's going to work on while he's in our program. And we're not here to coddle men, so we don't coddle the men. We're, we're here go. to help them move forward. And so staff ends up um, acting much as a surrogate father, because uh, many of the men in our program um, were not fathered themselves, and so we end up mm-hmm. being uh, a surrogate father. Sometimes we're a taxi cab driver, we're, we're Uber, because um, we provide a lot of transportation uh, for our men. Uh, and you know, sometimes we have to be, uh, quite honestly, a drill sergeant. 
um, yes. to, 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 to give them a swift kick. So let's get going. Um, but it's all done uh, in love. I, you know, I, the surveys that the men complete uh, as they're assessing our work, they consistently come back where they feel warmth and support and love from um, staff and from, 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 from our workers. So that's what, what, what I really want to have as a culture, uh, operating in the spirit of excellence. Um, but making certain that every person that walks through our doors understand that we care about them and their particular situation, and we're here yes. to help them. And if they will follow um, the path that we lay out together, um, they will see a, you know, a dramatic turnaround. And so it literally involves what every whatever area of, of their lives they are willing to allow us into. You know, so we obviously provide a great deal of support surrounding uh, employment because that is the the, the major number one um, presenting problem is uh, you know un, unemployment underemployment. So we have career coaches, a lot of career assessments, and helping the men uh, find their fit. Uh, and as you might uh, you know imagine, men we do some self esteem assessments, and when when you're unemployed, uh, your self esteem is much lower. Um, so we've got a lot of men who come in our doors, their self-esteem is low, they're disenfranchised with the workforce. Uh, and so a lot of our employment boot camp uh, is about inspiring them and letting them know that they can achieve, letting them know that they can set some goals, sort of dream again. Uh, and so from there, it's creating that, that plan. So we might deal with custody or uh, a visitation or mediation between the mom. You know, we have weekly peer support meetings. So we're talking about um, parenting and healthy relationships and economic mobility and uh, men's health. And, you know, we talked about ages, understanding the ages and stages of development and good discipline techniques. Just a host of great topics for, for fathers Ooh. and for men. I love it. My man, we got about 90 seconds left. I want you yeah. to give out the information where they can contact you. And then last thing I want you to do, just give out a sh- a short little message to the rest of our to the rest of our uh, to the rest of our audience. Gotcha. You can reach me at executive director at afathersplace dot org. Executive director at afathersplace dot org. Eight four three four eight eight two nine two three extension one hundred on the web at afathersplace dot org. Uh, and to uh, you know any father that might be um, you know dealing with. Some challenges, some some difficulty. I just want to encourage you that you can make it, that you are valuable. Um, oftentimes, you don't get the pat on the back that you deserve and that you need. Uh, I know that you care about your children. I know you love your children. I know you want to be there for your children. So whatever it takes, I just want to encourage you that you do your level best. Do not quit in your quest, in your effort to be in your children's lives. They need you. And if Whatever you got to do, I just want to encourage you. And the mothers that are there, see uh, how important the father is. Embrace his role. Involve him. Continue to consistently uh, try to make him aware of what's going on, involving him in the decision-making process, because our children need and deserve both parents contributing in a positive manner. And so if we can work together as mothers and fathers, we can build a strong generation um, as we go forward. So, uh, Brother Shannon, I thank you, man, for the opportunity to come on here and just chop it up with you a little bit. Thank you for starting your movement, my, my brother. Thank you. God bless you and your ministry. I will see you all next week right here on The Movement. Take care. Thank you for joining us for The Movement. Your host, Shannon D. Hughes, invites you to tune in again for another edition next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel.